Are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny, ready to discover your purpose, and fulfill your God-given potential? You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal, and it's your time. Don't miss your moment. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Lime Kiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King. Oh, 
it's a blessing. Amen. Because I just wonder sometimes how my bills are being get paid. I mean, I just I just get jobs that I have to cancel because I cannot do all three jobs one day. Amen. So when you give, the Lord will bless you. As the song says, the blessings of the Lord is there. It's right here for us. Yeah. But it's so we to work on it. Okay. So we to work on it because the Lord bless us to help others, not to hold it, not to hold it in our hand. I mean, the Lord has given me the extra work so I can help someone else. I don't hold it in my hand. I say, oh, this is mine. And I say, Lord, what next? <laughs> yeah, and that is how the fruit of the Spirit does work. And I, I was talking, I'm listening to our um, president, what it was, and they were talking about this LBGT thing, because it is a month of the anniversary of it. And I was like, just explaining to my patient, and she was like, Jillian, you know what they're saying is true? If we're supposed to multiply and be the fruit of the spirit and do all these things, how could two females do that? You get no energy from that. How could two males do that? You get nothing. Two negatives give you nothing. Two positives give you anything. They have to be opposite. So I was like, I don't know how in the world we got to multiply. How could you multiply if you don't, if you have two males? What's the difference for? Yeah. And they are dumping these kids yeah. and say they have a family. Yeah. Yeah. What are they teaching these kids? Yeah. And you know she did, and she is ninety six and she didn't even catch that. That you know too negative. You can't get anything from it. She said, "No, what Jelena saying is right." I was like, "Yeah, we supposed to multiply." All they said not multiply like with babies, making babies, but still that's all in the equation. Yeah. But that's why you have family, husband and wife. We multiply. We still multiply. So, I mean, with that, just whatever you can offer to sister, the letter ministry or your support, your love. We are going out there next Saturday, and I'm very anxious because it's my birthday, too. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, last year, she was just looking for a day in October. I said, my birthday is a Saturday. Let's do it on that day, you know? Um, nothing special about it. But last year, I did a 40th birthday party, so this year, I'm going to do out for the kids, you know, for the people out there. And we have a lot in store for them. Because the place is getting cold, you know, we need socks, we need blankets, you know, the sweaters and stuff. The place getting cold, you need to pay for that time then. So anything you have to offer to facility and ministry, we give out water, sandwiches, and them little stuff, little care packets. Well, we don't already have everything on the cover, so whatever again you guys want to offer to her, we're all free to collect it. So, so I got your back and we're looking on because she's going to make the announcement. We have backup. Thank you, Jesus. We got you. I hope the little man feel better and I give God your strength to go with him every day, to be with the kids every day. Lord, I strengthen your faith yes. with your Lord to Saudi this morning. We lift you up in prayer. Lift up your daughter in prayer this morning as we, as we go out to you, dear Lord Father. We love on you, even though you're not here, dear Lord Father Jesus. Sister. We love you and we cherish you. And we miss you this morning. Jesus' precious name, amen.
about the people who are yet on their way and the people that may not show up at all. There's a heaviness that's on my heart. And the heaviness is because I believe we as a people in general have lost the hunger for God's presence and the life he's ordained for each and every one of us. That even people who show up, and I'm not singling any of you out, so don't take this to yourself. I'm speaking in a generality that even people who show up, many of them don't have the hunger for the life that the Father wants to give them. There's a dullness of heart. There's a a hardness of heart and a dullness of hearing. And so people go to church because church is the thing they do. And the people who don't go, don't go no matter what you say to them because there's something missing. You know, some of you remember the days where you would move mountain and and hill to to get in the house of God. Your your attitude was, I don't care what's going on, I want to be in the house of God. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Praise God. That was your attitude. Willing to serve. Wanting to know where I can fit in because there's a place for everybody in the body of Christ. I need to know where my place is. And instead of looking to not be seen and looking to not be heard, you was on the edge of your chair saying, Lord, do you want to use me next? Different mentality. Come on. D- different mentality. No, no disrespect for people on on the on the farther roads in the bleacher seats, but we had an attitude. We wanted to be right up on the word, as though being on the front row would make you closer to the word. But it was an attitude that we had. Praise God. I was going to be right there on the front row. I was going to have my Bible, my notepad, something right with, and I'm ready to get into the word. Glory to God. Yes, sir. Because there was something about this new life in Christ. Wanted to know all I could know. Wanted to get all I could get. Wanted to be all God wanted me to be. Wanted to understand all I could understand. And while the preacher was yet preaching, I would be searching through the scriptures and connecting the dots at the same time in an expectation. Will my pastor call on me? But that's the way we were trained We were trained that while the preacher is preaching You search the word And at the same time listen to the Holy Spirit Because the Lord may want to call you next To finish the message Now I'm just talking about my own training 
That's the way we were trained. And so we're all sitting. Can you imagine 10, 20, 30 people, they're, they're all in ministry, and they're taking notes, but they're also looking through the word and connecting the dots, knowing where the leader is going in preparation, that if the leader would call on them, they could rise up without intimidation and finish the message. That's the way I was taught. I was taught that everybody in the body, God speaks to us all. And that your gifting is such that when you discover your gifting, God wants you to serve it to the world. But one of the first places that your gift is served is in the house. You're supposed to come in with an attitude on your heart. Lord, give me discernment. Give me a word of wisdom. Give me a word of knowledge. Give me discerning of spirits. Cause me to be a ministry that is a ministry of health, that is able to identify needs before they become apparent and meet the needs before even being requested. Sometimes I look at Vic. And Vic sets about the business of, of, of packing everything up. And, 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 and we around talking and whatnot. I'm talking about the men, praise God. <laughs> around talking and whatnot. And, and, and Vic is just diligent in the word and, 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 and diligent in labor. And we so in love with the word, we watch him labor. <laughs> It means that there's no spiritual perceptivity to the needs. Uh, you, uh, you understand? We were supposed to be aware of one another. We were supposed to be aware of what each other needs. If somebody could be here and you, you, you don't have money. There should be such spiritual perceptivity that beyond the offering you give into the ministry, you step up to them and say, Lord, spoke to me here. And it could be even more than what you gave in the offering. So, So I'm saying all that to say this. Something is happening with the body of Christ that religious people can meet and be on time. Come on. And those that claim to know the word of the king can't be where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be there. But if your paycheck depended on it, now I know that don't go for all of you. Some of you got fired from a couple of jobs, praise God, because you're always showing up late. (laughs) So I'm speaking in a generality. If your paycheck was connected to your attendance, not only would you be there every day, but you would be there on time. Maybe shortly, show up early and leave late. Because your love, your commitment was to the work that you were doing and the people that you were working for. I just got a revelation. And you didn't even have to like them. 
You'd be grumbling all the way to work. But you're going to be there on time. Quit that. <laughs> and looking at the clock. All the time that you're working. Is it 4 o'clock yet? Is it 3 o'clock? If you work 11 to 7, around 6.45, you got tired and sleepy and couldn't wait for that 7 o'clock to show up. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Praise God. 4 to 11, get around 10.30. Seems like it takes forever to get to 11 o'clock. If you had to be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning, it felt like you just went to sleep 5 o'clock in the morning. Not to mention the times that you stayed out all night partying. So here's my point. Every one of us, you're going to have to test your hunger level. You're going to have to test whether you're passionate about the transformation that comes from submission. You're going to have to really test whether you're in this thing as a religious system or you're in this thing as a son, a daughter to a king. You're going to have to measure your own motive for this life and for this place because God has appointed this place to be able to minister to you in life. It seems like I heard that song for the first time. I'm going to get my blessing right. It seemed like for the first time I heard it where, where he says, where, where he says, you got to, I'm paraphrasing, you got to do what you got to do. And he didn't say it that way. Anybody know the words? He didn't say it that way, but he was saying it. You got to do what you got to do because your blessing is here right now. You see it? So, so I got a question for you. How bad you want it? Hallelujah. Did, did y'all catch that? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want Do you only want a God that can bless you, or do you want a God to use you to be a blessing? There's a different passion. There's a different motivation. Those who want God to use them to be a blessing approach God differently than those who just want to be blessed by God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Are y'all present this morning? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I rode past a religious church, and there must have been 30, 40 cars out there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I said, look at them. They're all up in there. And and I've been to those churches, so I'm not picking on them. I, I asked myself the question, what they get? You can be unified in half truth and misconceptions. And because it's unity, you believe God approves your gathering. It's a terrible thing to be unified in the wrong thing. It is a terrible thing to sacrifice that which is right on the altar of that which is only good. It is a terrible thing to be impressed with your press when God's not impressed with it. I think about this church, 
how mature should we really be being by now? Yeah. Is that all right for me to put that out there like that? I'm going to do it anyway, but I'm being kind. Is it all right? <laughs> how, how mature should we be being by now? Are you still quick to, quick to, uh, are you still slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to anger? Are you finally getting it together? Slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to anger. Where are you at? I guess that's the question I'm asking. Where are you at spiritually? We, we can all look good, but looking good is not enough. And here's the word the Lord gave me earlier today, and then I'm going to turn this over. The Lord gave me a word earlier yesterday, that it is, that is. He said, if you can only listen to receive confirmation, then you won't listen when I'm trying to stretch you. In other words, some things he's trying to tell you is to be able to stretch you past where you think you are. Hallelujah. It becomes dangerous when you can only say, well, man, that word agrees with me. What about the word that doesn't agree with you? Is it any less God when he's telling you something you don't already know? As when he's telling you something you know. Do, do you understand what I'm saying here? Is it any less God? No. So some things God is trying to tell you in order to position you for where he wants you to be, contrary to where you accepted that you had already arrived. I hope you all hear me clear this morning. The older women should be teaching the younger women. I talk about this all the time, how the lovers of their husbands and keepers of their households. Problem is we got stubborn, not here, I'm speaking in generality, we got stubborn young women. Nobody can teach them anything. And we got older women who are just trying to make it the best they can. Do you all see the mentality? Come on, say this with me together. Not here. Not here. I'm growing. I'm increasing in the wisdom and the knowledge of God and the understanding of my Savior and my King, Jesus. I'm not moved by what I see or by what people say. I'm only moved by the revelation that I'm a citizen in another kingdom. I am the son of the Most High God, and I possess the kingdom under the heavens, and as an ambassador, I am charged with the responsibility of advancing God's kingdom throughout the nations of the world. Without fear, without intimidation, without anxiety, and without frustration. So I rise 
to the standard of kingdom living, where I'm not moved by what I see, nor moved by what people say. I'm only moved by what my king requires of me. Hallelujah. 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 Now, 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 you know, you, you realize that you got to forsake all to live this reality. That kingdom terminology is not enough. You got to understand the substance of this thing. If you're going to be kingdom, it means you're going to be submitted. That at all times you're submitted to the king so that the fruitfulness that comes forth from you is the very nature of Christ himself. Did not Paul say all things work together for your good? Because you love God and are the called according to his purpose. Do I have anybody here that believes that this morning? Hallelujah. Do you know the next verse? The next verse says he he knew you and, and foreordained that you would be transformed into the image of Christ. So if you ever wonder why he's working out things for you, it ain't because of you. It's because he's transforming you in the process. And Christ is the express image of God. But listen, I thought about it earlier this week. If we would just believe the word. I want y'all to think about that just for a moment. I'm going to give up this a hot mic, praise God. I'm going to give up this mic in a minute. But but I want you to really think about it. What would happen if you really believed the word? I'll pause in for a second. Would there be anything impossible to you? Would there be any good thing that the Father would withhold from you? It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, and he delights in the prosperity of his servants. As if you believe the word. Do you see where I'm going with this? Hallelujah. So so I said all that to say this. We got to do better by doing more of what the Father is expecting. We got to do better by doing more of what the Father is expecting. Never judge yourself by your own measurement. Always judge yourself by the word of God and be willing to make the corrections necessary. When you judge yourself by your own measurement, you will always give yourself a path where God hasn't given you one. So, so, 
So never measure truth by how you feel. Right. That, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Right. Never measure truth by how you feel. Measure truth by how God has chosen you for such great correction. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll become free. You'll become free. Who the Son makes free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to introduce to you some of you don't know him, and none of you know him the way I'm going to introduce him. Okay. Hallelujah. We know him as Brother Anthony. Okay. In the hood, he was known as Ant. Yo, Ant. What's up, Ant? Yes, sir. In the Navy, well, I don't know. He ain't telling. <laughs> Yeah, another <laughs> But today, I want to present to you, and I do this with fear and trembling, but I want to present to you your next pastor. Hallelujah. 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 You can say Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look on some people's faces. The Lord already has spoken it to them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. So you have perfect liberty to to refer to him as Pastor Anthony or Pastor Young. Or you can still call him brother. But praise God. He has a responsibility to search the word that when he ministers to you, his role, his assignment is to lead you to green pastures, to nurture you in the word, to give you instruction necessary, and to move you along in a right way that you can grow and mature in all that God has called you to know and all that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I ain't asked his permission. Glory to God. God spoken to me. 
Hallelujah. 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 And when I thought about it, I, my heart ached for Pastor Cherry. Yeah, I do too, man. My heart ached. Even yet this morning, for Pastor Cherry. When, when the Lord was speaking to me and saying, Name Anthony. I was full of joy and full of sorrow at the same time. Hallelujah. And I said, well, you know, Lord, Anthony's unmarried. And the Lord said, that didn't stop Paul. Hallelujah. And then he said to me, we come up with our own ideas. And we rob people of the expression of what God is saying in any moment, in any minute, because we run it through our own religious thinking, and then we stop God and what he's doing while we're yet singing, we bring the sacrifice of praise. And so the pressure is on him now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Areas he was tempted in, he'll find a greater strength to resist the temptation when it shows up because of honoring the office. Hallelujah. 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 Are you understanding this? Man, I could sin every day. But I think about how I can't sin and stand before you and have any real integrity. Hallelujah. 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 You see it? And so the Lord said, today's the day. Name him your pastor. Hallelujah. Now, now I, I was vacillating between going over to this other church and bringing some correction over there or, or or remaining here with our pastor, and I decided to remain here with our pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You say, well, what are you, what are you then, Brother Leonard? Praise God. <laughs> no, the, the Lord is letting me know Accept the responsibility of apostleship. Yes. And yet you don't have to run around calling me apostle. That's right. I know who I am. I know what my assignment is. And an an apostle is like a sheriff. They come into town, they establish law and order. They lay foundation. And they train and equip. And they teach how to ordain elders. And then the rest of the body does the work that God created that body for. Amen. So I know my assignment and I know Anthony's assignment. Hallelujah. 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 What you got, Lois? If that's a forewarning, we may we might need to stop you right now. No, go ahead. Anthony is man. Ah, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Lois said Anthony is married. Go ahead. 
Amen. 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 Uh oh. Here, here comes Vanessa. Uh oh. Yes, come on, Vanessa. Um, I'm Pastor Cherry White. In case y'all don't, the ones that don't know, and he passed away. And um, some of the women are here, and I we have been praying very hard to have someone to take his place. And we already knew who that person was going to be, you know. And Anthony has always been annoyed. Sometimes I used to come to just hear him because I didn't want to hear my husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I was hearing what he had to say 24-7, you know. So um, God laid the path on past his heart. For Anthony, we all knew it. Hallelujah. We knew it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. He was my husband's favorite, always calling on him and reading for him. And when my husband got stuck, Anthony would pull him out of it. (laughs) He was always under Pastor Cherry's teaching. So he's he's right here. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, come on, celebrate your king and receive your pastor. Hallelujah. 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 Let, let, let me carry your water, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Got up and I felt like there might be a shift going on. 
Christians by our love, 
by our love. Yes, they'll know that we are Christians by our love, but not love even to the world, but just we show love to the world. But the thing that's going to draw people is how we love one another. And I wanted to bring this message because I didn't really understand this until I started understanding the foundation of the kingdom of God. I started understanding that the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. Doesn't that sound simple? It's the rule and the reign of God. But why is that so difficult in this religious world that we live in? Why is it so difficult a concept for religious church? If you say you love Jesus, if you say you love God, then the rule and the reign of God always. That should be, I want to say common sense, <laughs> but it's not common when it's not made common to you, when you're not given that understanding. It's more than just religion. It's more than just coming together, like Dr. Lewis said earlier, to say we heard a word. But we're supposed to come together, and I'm getting ahead of myself. We all know the message already was our scriptures. But what we're supposed to do is come, and you hear Dr. Lewis many times say, come anointed to hear. But I want to submit to you that not only should we come anointed to hear, but we should come anointed to serve. We should come anointed to serve. We should come anointed, empowered by God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God coming to anoint you to serve one another. And when I got into these scriptures I was about to share with you, I saw something that took me all these years, been in church for over 30 years, and it took me all this time to discover you know, we hear about the, the commonality and the culture of the kingdom and how those first century saints acted amongst one another. But when I read it, so I read in 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13 and 14, I saw how it actually played out for the first time ever. See, I saw, I said, oh, okay. And I saw how they operated. And I saw how the church is supposed to function. How the body, I don't even like using the word church, I like the word ecclesia, <laughs> because the ecclesia is a called out body, called out body of believers. Church is a mistranslation, because church is just a place of religious worship. But that's what it means. If you look that word up, if you research it, it means it's a place of religious worship, the church. And so that got cut upon us by you know, friends in Italy, Rome. Okay. <laughs> that word church, but it's really ecclesia, called out ones, the called out ones, called out, and Jesus, just thinking about ecclesia to give you a, a, a good definition so you can really see what that means, we talk about how that Jesus came forth in the fullness of times, right, he was revealed, what do we mean by the fullness of time? Jesus was sent to the earth where everything was in order for him to present this kingdom. What was this kingdom? He came during the time of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. And they were the closest thing to God's kingdom. It was the closest thing to God's kingdom. How is that? When Rome conquered the nations, like I said, they were the most powerful nation upon the earth, they didn't go like the Babylonians or the Medes and the Persians and grab the people up and take them back to, you know, Babylon or take them back to Medo-Persia. No. 
what they did is they sent in governors. They sent in governors, and they set up whatever whatever nation they conquered. They set up outposts. They set up oh God, government in that place to make that place Rome. Whatever they conquered was Rome, and so. Just like Jesus showed up in the fullness of time, he showed up in the time of the, of the Roman Empire. We talked about the word ecclesia. The ecclesia was the called out ones, right? And the called out ones were ones that were called out of society. Jesus went and he called the 12 out of society. He went out and grabbed them. But the first ecclesia was not Jesus. The first ecclesia belonged to Caesar. It was Caesar's sin. I'm, I'm not born as I was going to teach you. It was Caesar's sin. He was the Caesar of Rome, and he called out certain ones. He handpicked those out of society to represent him, to meet in the public square to discuss matters concerning Rome. So when Jesus called forth his disciples, as we call them, dissident flowers, right, rulers in training, Discuss matters of importance. They gathered together in the public square to discuss matters of the king and his kingdom. And so that's what the ecclesia is. That's what the body of Christ is. We are the called out ones. We are the ones that were drawn by the Holy Spirit uh, to become part of Jesus' party, to become his disciple. We were saved. We were delivered. We were set free, brought out of society to join Jesus' party so that we'd be able to go out at the infuse us with his Holy Spirit to go out and discuss matters concerning the king and his kingdom. And so when I say that, they had a culture all their own. Rome had a culture. Greece had a culture. Right? And that's earthly kingdoms. That's earthly nations. Well, the kingdom of God has a certain culture. Yes. Culture, culture, uh, a way of dressing, a way of speaking, or foods that they eat, arts, entertainment, those things are all part of culture. And so in the culture of the kingdom of God, we have Jesus' culture. The kingdom of God is the culture of the Father. The message that we gave to Jesus is that told us to first repent. Change our minds, change our thinking, change our direction, right? Yes, for the reign and rule of God, yeah, his sovereign rule, his reign, and the hearts of those who have received Jesus as Lord, amen. Can, oh, my God, the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I'm going to talk to, I just, I just so much, I'm, I don't think I'm going to finish it all today. But what God wants us to understand is that there's a culture that's birthed in us through the Holy Spirit. There's a way that we function amongst one another, right, that the world doesn't understand, but can understand. There's a way that, see, Jesus said it like this. Jesus said that I did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for men. Think about that for a moment. I did not come to be served like many apostles, pastors, bishops want to be today. No, I came to serve. 
I came to serve my gifts. I came to serve the people what they need. And when you see, I, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I'm thinking about the word charity over in First Corinthians chapter 13, which I'm getting ahead of myself already. It says that though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, it profits me nothing. Now, the word charity, we know, is the word agape love. Well, guess what? We think about charity before we got in the church, and we understood what, learned what charity meant. When we thought about charity, we thought about giving. Right? We hear the word charity, we think about giving. So the word agape. The word charity there in first question is talking about a love that gives. That's what God wants us to operate in. A love that gives. Today's church has been taught to come to receive. Come on. Come receive your blessing. Come receive your miracle. Come receive that breakthrough. Glory to God. I got a word especially for you. But how about Jesus wanted you to come with the mindset, I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. Before Jesus left you, can't remember which one of the gospels it was, but it talked about after the Last Supper that he ungirded himself and put on a towel and began to wash their feet. He began, he said, his last act, oh God, before he left his disciples' words, he came and he washed their feet. And then he told them something like this, as I wash your feet, wash one another's feet. In the church that I grew up in, the Pentecostal traditions, one of our traditions was foot washing. Everybody wanted to fight to wash the pastor's feet. People would fight to wash the pastor's feet. But and I understand the principle and the premise behind what we did, but if we really understood, because if we understood service, there wouldn't have been that hierarchical system. It wouldn't have, we would, if we had understood what God really meant, what Jesus really meant when he said to wash one another's feet, we wouldn't have religious denominations. We wouldn't have divide. We didn't have divisions. We would, I can, at the church I was in, Lord, I loved the people that were there, but they were even cliques. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who had money and the cars and the houses, they all hung out together. Mm-hmm. Right? And the people that not so much was another group. And there was a class. There was a, there was a come on now. There was, think about that, social economic prejudice. In the house of God. Think about that for a moment. That wasn't what God's plan was. God said, come to serve. He didn't say, come and have everybody look at me. Look at Even, oh my God, I'm trying not to go to the place that I feel the Lord is trying to get me to go. But the fact of the matter was, even the way that we have church designed and set up today, it is good, it's working, but it's not God's best. It's not God's best. From my study, man, I, see, when you study, boy, you become responsible. <laughs> when you study things, it puts you on front. You're like, all right. So now that you know that I'm studying, I'm saying even how the way that they have the seats set up and the stage, the, the pulpit, the pulpit in ancient Greece.
The servants comes from ancient Greeks. Where the servant was, where they had their Greek orators and philosophers and men that had no flowery words would stand up. And they would say and give speeches where people's emotions got stirred up. So much that they would stand and they would clap. And so that's where we got that idea. That's where how the Catholics adopted that. They adopted that, the sermon. They adopted the pulpit. They adopted from Greek culture the raised stage that puts the leader over the people. Come on. Dangerous. It's dangerous. What? Like, what? And I'm reading this thing, and I mean, from the stained glass windows, the way you have the lights and everything to make you focus on that man on the stage. That's why fellowship is not the way it was in the original church. It went from everybody gathering together and loving on one another to everybody facing away from each other, facing that stage. Facing that person on the stage. That was not God's original intent for his body. God's original intent. I mean, I'm standing up here before you today, but you know. It was not God's original intent for us to have some man or some woman stand before us and lecture us. And we just sit there, you know, as an audience. You, you, you my cheering section. That was not God's original intent. That was not God's original intent. His original intent was for us to come together and share our giftings and share our anointings. He says in one word, Paul, every one of you have a song, every one of you have a hymn, a tongue, a revelation, but let everything that you do be done for the edification of the body. Let everything that you do, and that was the thing that got to me, I started reading things like that, let everything that you do be done for the edifying of the body. So everybody here has a gift. Everybody here has an anointing. Everybody here has a calling, everyone, every time we come, and I know we talk about it, about, you know, coming and having a, you know, testimony or whatever, but if I can remember some of the things about old church, I, I can go back, but we still have something before they had praise and worship called devotion. Yeah. And in devotion, we got up and we had testimonies, yeah. you know, Mother Smith would get up and sing a song, or, you know, somebody might read a scripture, or whatever it was that the Lord placed on their heart. But, you know, I understand now, that's what God wanted. That's what he wants from us. We weren't supposed to have some, you know, and it's wonderful, you know, to have skilled people to sing and, you know, play the instruments. But God wants something. He wants a prayer. He wants a worship coming from your heart. He wants to hear your words of worship. He wants to hear your words of praise. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to know Oh, God, that no matter what's going on in your life, that you love me enough to share how we're doing life together. And so, when we come together, just, just give them a little pastoral, you know, <laughs> admonitions, encouragement to the body. Dr. Hunter said something about we got to do better. He's right. Our expectation when we come should be that I'm coming to serve my people. I'm coming to love on somebody. If, some, if God put in your heart to pray for somebody in the middle of the service, man, don't be tripping. Get up and pray. 
If God puts a word in your heart, get up and get that word. If God, see, I'm, I'm going to get into the order. I'm going to get into the order. I ain't got to the scriptures yet. But the fact of the matter is, read me. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 told me, this is God's order for the church. When I first saw it, I thought it was just some do's and don'ts and we don't do this. And there's some verses people cherry picked out of it and made dogmas out of them. In the kingdom of God, we don't want the kingdom to be a dog. Amen. We don't want the kingdom to be re- religious rhetoric. We want the kingdom to be life. We want the kingdom to be a living testimony to this goodness of God in our lives. We want the kingdom, amen, to be the, oh God, oh God, think about it. Bible says that Jesus was the express image of the Father. Oh, my God. That just hit me. Jesus was the express image of the Father. Now the express image of the Father now resides in each and every one of us. And so as he was the image of the Father, we are now the image of him. You know, I grew up in the church of God in Christ. Right? That's the denomination I came up in. That's the denomination I was born again in. But now I'm understanding that the God that was in we used to say all that, that the God that was in Christ is now the Christ in you. But now I understand. Yeah. It goes beyond a tongue and a dance and a shout. It goes beyond the religious rigmarole we used to go through. But it's supposed to produce life. It's supposed to produce culture. Oh my God. It's supposed to boot. Maybe I have it written down here. I'm already, like I said, I'm ahead of myself. The common union, common union of the first churches, <laughs> the ecclesia, the common union. We call it communion, right? But the, they had a common union. There was something that brought them together. Last week, we, we broke bread together and we fellowship. We had a love feast. That's what that first church did. And in that, you know, we didn't quite do it last week. But occasionally when we do it, we have the Lord's Supper. But it's not some religious funeral. You remember if you had communion in a religious church, it was always sad and solemn, a serious occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you went to the same church But just like that, when they have the light turned down low, that's wrong. And they had the lights turned down low, and then so after that, we said, I know it was the blood of Abel. And we drank the juice, and we ate a little away from each other. I know it was the blood. That's a good song. <laughs> Jesus died on the cross. It's still good. Yeah, but it was real fast. Yeah, yeah. Exactly good. But God didn't want it to be ceremony. He wanted it to be a living, breathing thing where we all be the expression of God, the expression of Christ to one another, towards one another. Okay, so I guess we're going to open the Bible now. And we want to talk about the common union of the first ecclesia, the first church, 
And let's open up to Acts chapter 2. <coughs> this, this is my kingdom Bible, y'all. This, this, you know, this is when I first started learning kingdom on my highlighted scripture. <coughs> I, I can't lose this Bible. I got a nice, big, fresh one, large print at home. <laughs> so, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, I know this is the Acts of the Apostles, it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit moving the Apostles. So, we're going to go with Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to begin at verse 37. Right, and it reads, Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, this is after the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit had came down. Peter preached up a little something, <laughs> and now the people are like, oh, what do we do about what he just said? Verse 39 again, it says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, he testified and taught, saying, save yourselves from this untoward, generation of word untoward means crooked. Then they gladly received his word and were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued, I meant to read this in the Amplified, but we don't have time for that. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Common union, right? Communities, communities. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, and every man had need. Verse 46. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having faith with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But did you see that? In verse 46, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He added to the church daily such as should be saved. And the people were added because they saw the communion. They saw the culture. They saw them breaking, they saw them in the temple daily. They saw them going from house to house, breaking bread, fellowshipping, laughing, enjoying life together. Amen. And, and living life together. And that true people to the fellowship of being God was able to add to the church daily, such as should be saved. Once again, you know, next week we're going to go on out and we're going to be out again in Kensington and we're going to be sharing. With the people out there, and we'll be sharing, you know, food and clothes and water and word and prayer and all those things, wonderful things to uh, advance the kingdom and to draw people into the kingdom. 
But the main thing, and I, I'm looking at it because, like I said, there's nothing wrong with having events. But our lifestyle is supposed to be a lifestyle of evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. By our lifestyle. The way that we live ought to draw. Ought to draw or tell, one or the other. <laughs> Where the person you're here is in their life. You know, our prayer is, you know, Lord, connect me to those who are dealing Connect me to those who you, whose hearts you are pricking even right now. Those, and sometimes we run into people and, you know, sometimes their response might not be great. Their response might not be positive. But I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I believe in the power of the seed of the Word of God. Right. And I know there's a lot of times people are squirming on the inside. <laughs> they're fighting against themselves or they're opposing themselves because really that's a hard cry that they need to live us, but the enemy is trying to stop them. The enemy is trying to keep them from getting what God has for them. So we can't be bothered. How did y'all say that Paul wrote it like this? One plant. One water, but it's God that gives the increase. So with that increase, when we plant it, just from I mean, just think about it. I can remember back in the day, we used to have cell groups who would meet at different people's homes, yeah, have a sign out on the front lawn, and our job was to take what we were learning, what we were receiving, and bring it into a home, into a home setting where it'd be nice and comfortable and, you know, they had food and, you know, beverages and dinners, whatever. And we did that. And then, you know, we hope, your hope was that neighbors, people in the neighborhood would come in. That's the life that this first church lived. They broke bread from house to house. Said ate their meals with glass. Ate this and they shared. They did this on a daily basis. I'm not saying that we can all be together every day. Amen. But no, we got some technology here now that they didn't have back then. We got cell phones and computers and things of that nature where we can at least touch one another. You know, we, you know, I'm bad. I'm bad. I ain't heard from you. Yeah, I'm bad. I'm calling you. I try to keep my phone from bothering me. Bad at the phone. But I mean, you know, I'm not just one that stands up here and point out you, you, you. I was under a pastor that was like that. The point out you people and what you think now, brother, we all growing in grace. We're all growing in the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord. And just because I'm up here doesn't make you any better than anybody else. But guess what? We all have a gift. We all have a calling. We're all responsible for our gifts. We're all responsible for our callings. So whatever God has called you and you know created you to do, when he says at the end, well done, my good and faithful servant, he's not just talking about those who preached. He's not just talking about those who prophesied, who were bishops and apostles. No, Everyone operating and functioning in the place where God has anointed you, and you doing it to the best of the ability God has given you, you're going to say, well done. 
looking for a breakthrough, looking to be set free when you're already free. But Jesus said, like that's when the Son sets free, is free indeed. But do we believe it? When the thought comes up, I was uh, talking with, with, with a sister this week, and we were talking about, you know, fasting and things of that nature, and she was telling me how she had to tell us, uh, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I'm not going to give you what you want right now. You want food, Sally, but I'm not going to give it to you, because every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is how a man lives. And I said, you know what? I like that. But you know what? That's the mindset we're supposed to have. Jesus was our example in all things pertaining unto life and God. Right? And so when he was up on that mountain in, in Matthew chapter 4, battling back and forth with the devil after being fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, then at his weakest point, it ain't like the devil. Sorry, Joe, he will come at you weak, at your weakest moment. But because Jesus knew who he was. Think about it. Jesus went into that wilderness. He went, listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Jesus went into the temptation knowing who he was. The Holy Spirit drove the Bible. says it now. The Bible says that the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Isn't that what it says? Matthew 4 and 1. Jesus, the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. But prior to that, what happened? Jesus was at the baptism of John. John said, oh, God, I need to be baptized by you. And you come and he said, permit it to be so right now that we might fulfill all righteousness. That's key. Permit it to be so now that we might fulfill all righteousness. So when John, when Jesus submitted himself, amen, when Jesus submitted himself, to the baptism of John, the Holy Spirit came down on him in the form of a dove. And a voice from heaven cried out and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus, right after that, the Holy Spirit then drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Right? But he went into the wilderness knowing that he was God's beloved son. Why? Because he followed after God's righteous requirements. He said, let him fulfill all righteousness. So when you got born again, you fulfilled the righteous requirement of God. And at that same time, you might not have heard him say it. But he told you, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. So when you go into any trial, you go into any test, when you go into any temptation, know that you are a child of God. Know that you are the well-loved of the Father. Know that you are his beloved son. Know that you are his beloved daughter. And that he puts you in there to prove what he has already placed on the inside. Test comes like you were in school, right? Monday, you got information. Monday through Thursday, you got information from your teachers. You got information. And then Friday, the test came. And on Friday, see, all week long, you had time to ask questions. You had time to raise your hand and ask the teacher everything you need to know. But on Friday, don't raise your hand. No, 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 no. You had all week long to study. You had all week long to get this information. The teacher is silent on the day of the test. 
So you got to go on what you know. <laughs> the teacher was silent when Jesus was in the room. But because Jesus already knew who he was and knew what he was working with. Come on, you got to know what you're working with. Right. Praise God. You got to know what you're working with. You got to know who you are and who you are. So when you go into those temptations, when you go into those circumstances, you already know that I am God's beloved son. I'm God's beloved daughter. He is well pleased with me. This attack isn't coming because I've done something wrong, because I've sinned. No, this test is coming because God loves me. And he's showing me how strong I am. He wants me to see how strong I am. He wants you to see how strong you are. He wants you to see if you are able to act. And that's what tests are. Tests are measurements. <laughs> they use to measure what you've learned. <laughs> tests are used to measure what you've learned. Jesus learned. And I am my father's beloved son, and whom he is well pleased with. God is well pleased with us. So this ain't coming because I'm not pleasing to God. This is coming for me to knock the devil out. This is coming for me to show the devil who's boss. Do you know that God has placed you in this? That's why the devil hates you. The devil hates you because God gave you a power and a place and a position that he tried to take. And God gave it to you. He gave it to you from the very beginning. Let us create man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Over everything that he created, except one another. Just by the way. Yep. Yep. Charles Wilbur, one of them, that comes from Rome and Greece. Okay. That mindset. But he wants us to understand who we are. Am I off the subject? <laughs> but he wants us to understand who we are. When we go through these things, that is not that. Some people get a mindset, oh, I must, they're talking about even religious church folk when they see you going through it. See, see, when you go through something, then you understand. But, you know, church folk, they point at you, oh, what they did. They're going through all this, what they did. But I learned from my own experience, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what, what they're going through right now is God growing them, is God maturing them, is God trying to show them who they really are. You don't know that what God is allowing them to go through might be for your deliverance. It might be for your breakthrough. It might be for your blessing. It might be for your well-being. So God, when we go through trials and testings and tribulations, it's not that we have done anything. We got to get rid of that mindset. We got to have the mindset that I am God's beloved son, and in me, he is well-pleased. As we take on that mindset, as we allow the word to transform our thinking, we go back to transformation. I know that's my that's right, that's my, my pope. But that transformation takes place through us not just believing, and not just believing with our head, but acting on what we believe. Faith is action. Love is action. Yes. It's a kingdom. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm going to join the mic. <laughs> Talk to me. But yeah, the kingdom is a kingdom that is moving. We got to move with the cloud. We don't want to be behind the cloud. We don't want to be ahead of the cloud. We want to move with the cloud. And so that first church, 
They came together. They shared life together. They were a community of and culture of God's kingdom and righteousness. They fellowship day to day. Their fellowship, their community drew others to others. Once again, the most significant thing about the early believers was they had unconditional love for one another, and this unconditional love that was a love they gave. God gave his son, y'all know where that boy, I tell you. <laughs> God's plan for us. God's plan, when he came and he sent Jesus, the restores back to the Father was a restorative plan. God came to restore us back to our identity. He came to restore us back to the mind of Christ, to the mind of God. He came to give us back the high thoughts. Repent. Repent. Rethink. Right? Reclaim the high thoughts of God. Go back to thinking from your original identity, which was the image and likeness of God, God's moral character, God's integrity. Those are the things that God gave to us and restored us that we might walk in righteousness, that we would be, yeah, 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 that we would be, that we would dominate the earth in righteousness. See, right now, men are dominating in evil, those who don't know God. You know, those who are destroying our natural resources, those who are, you know, doing things dirty and under the table in business and politics and everywhere else, they're operating from the fall. They're operating from the fall. The fall operates from unrighteousness. But God saved you to restore you back to righteousness, give you back a right thinking. It was a restorative plan. Amen. Well, I've been looking at these notes, and I've already said them. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Everything that we focused on before in the old religious church, <laughs> I'm laughing, but oh, boy. Okay. I said all that. Praise God without even looking at it. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. But let's turn. When we talk about this culture, because I want to I want to encourage you this morning, if I can. So let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to encourage us to be that church, that ecclesia. I try to use the word ecclesia as much as possible, not that you know. We know what church is. We know what ecclesia is. But you know. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just laughing at myself. Okay. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to start in verse 1. And it reads, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus occurs. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. We talked about that a little bit earlier, right? <laughs> there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. But there was a the manifestation of the gifts is for everyone in the body, everyone in the assembly to profit from. Our gifts are supposed to profit one another. My, my former pastor used to say like this, your anointing is not for you. Your anointing is, is for your good, making God a worship, being obedient, God's glory, but somebody else's benefit. Your anointing is not for you. Your anointing is for your good. It'll be good to you to be obedient and walking it out, right? For God's glory, because nobody, I, I got to tell you one story, break off the story. I was talking to about this in the car on the way here. And y'all might not believe this, but at one time, I did not like standing out in front of people. I was in the United States Navy, and I was a you know, second-class petty officer. I was a second-class class petty officer was to do training, divisional training. So each month on a certain day of the month, you would get it done. So when my day came up, I would find something else to do. I would go down on the boat. I would go down on the ship and try to find something else to do because I didn't want to stand up. And then you get, come to get, you get born again, you get saved, and God with his grace to you. <laughs> Does this. <laughs> and now you can shut you up. <laughs> but it's, I, I laugh at that now. But it shows that God puts that in the scripture. Verse 6. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is to give it to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. Uh, I need to go a little, don't I? To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work with that one and self-same spirit, here's the key verse, dividing to every man severally as he will. We don't choose our gift. God knows who we are. God knows our abilities. He knows, you know, our makeup. And so he gifts us accordingly. I, I think about Sister Odile. Uh, and she gives the testimony, I'm going to be testimony, of how she wasn't thinking about doing children's ministry. And now that's all that has come out of her book. She wrote books. <laughs> and she's doing Why? Because that's the place God has for her. In the body. God places us in the body as He will. You know, you don't choose you because, like I said, I'm standing in this man. Hey, just make me a deacon. I'll just stand at the door. I'll you know, serve communion. You know, I'll be a person. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. Now I'm going to stand with them. And then the next thing I know, I was the junior. High school Sunday school teacher. That was interesting because that was all the deacons and the ministers who did it. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I graduated to high school 
you know, Sunday school teacher. That was real interesting. Oh, boy. But they didn't even stuff It was interesting. And the next thing I know, I was standing in front of adults, teaching on a Tuesday night. The next thing I know, I was standing on the stage, <laughs> teaching and preaching. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> but God puts you in the body as he will. And I want you to think as I'm, I'm giving this off, I want you to think about your own giftings. I want you to think about what God has called you to do what he's been speaking in your spirit to do. And I'm not saying that everybody has to be a preacher, everybody has to be an evangelist. But there are some gifts, and we're going to get there. There are other gifts in the body that you can serve. There's other anointings that God gives severally. We're going to get into it about the body and how that no part of the body can operate or function without the other part. But God wants you to know that he sets people in the body as he will. This is God's idea. Oh, God. This, this first Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, that's some good stuff. And I'm not done with it yet. <laughs> There's a whole lot more meat on that ball. But he wants us to understand that he places us in the body as he will. He moves us to speak as he will. Just even with the prophets of all, you know, they, he just, hey, you want to speak my word. He told one of the prophets, you know, if you don't tell me what I say, I'm going to make you look foolish your mind. Yeah. He said, I called you a prophet from your mother's womb. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. He told them, don't be afraid of their faces. But everything that I tell you to eat the whole world, eat this word. I'm a place in your spirit. When I tell you to release it, you release it. They were unassuming people. They were just living their lives. Paul was on the road to Damascus, kicked indoors, you know, killing folk, and he was a terrorist. But God said, no, nah, brother, I got other plans for you. I got other plans for you. I like your tenacity. <laughs> I, I, I like how this boy go about his business, but now you're going to do it for me. And by the way, all that suffering that you caused other folks to go through, you're going to have to deal with some of that same suffering and dying to self and dying to who you thought you were. That's why Paul was able to say and came to a place in his life where he said, I counted all but dumb. Everything that I learned in the religious system, everything that I learned in the Jews' religion, I counted in God that I might bring Christ. It's, it's God. Yeah, I can't. It, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not producing the life of Christ. And so that's what we come together. We're coming together that the life of Christ might produce, produce, be produced to each and every one of us. Amen. As I stated earlier, God's original purpose was to restore mankind back to image and like of God, which is the power of moral character and integrity, so that we could dominate the earth in righteousness, like our Father rules in righteousness from the headquarters. And since we have been born again, as we said this earlier, we've been given to Christ. Why? What do the earth? What is it? First Corinthians two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? First Corinthians two sixteen. We gonna come back to First Corinthians uh, twelve. Amen. First Corinthians two and sixteen. 
right? And it reads, for who have known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And I already said this already too, which I know before. But we have the mind of Christ. We have his thoughts, his intents. We have to have the mindset that Peter wrote that we have been made partakers of God's divine nature. We've been, listen, we have been made partakers of God's divine nature. So that's the mindset that we have to take on Jesus. The Bible says also that Jesus thought it not robbery, this is a shocker here, to be made equal with God. But took on, you know, didn't take on you no know, any reputation. He didn't, you know, roll out right on his chest again. But he took on the form of a serpent. Wow. He thought it not robbery. Listen to that. He thought it not robbery to make made equal with God. You know that's why they crucified him? It's not for any miracles. We we want you crucified is but that you got that you make yourself equal with God by telling yourself because you're the son of God. Religion will come at you. And we know about this. And I'm not saying that we some elite group. All we always come to ask, you know, give you a little extra what you didn't get. But the fact of the matter is, people will come at you. For when you begin to understand who you are, begin to speak who you are, religious folk not going to like you. They're going to try to say that, label you as you think you're elite. They're going to label you as a cult. <laughs> they gonna label you as speaking some strange thing, just like now. Understand? That's the spirit of the Saracen. Yeah. 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 You. Who is this that they had told the prophet? Who is this that caused this trouble to Israel? <laughs> who is this causing trouble in the body of Christ? And what was the trouble that that the prophet brought? <laughs> I ain't even got started yet. <laughs> what was the trouble that the prophet brought? He brought truths. He came to expose the king's lies. He came to expose what the what God saw in the heart of the king. And so that is why. And so now that we're coming along, we're exposing what God really wanted for the church. Yeah. Ignore that. <laughs> what God really wanted for his body was people who operate and function by the Holy Spirit, living life together, sharing life together, operating and functioning under the culture of God's kingdom and being an example. Yeah, being the full expression of the image of God. Just like Christ was the full expression. Now that he lives on the inside of us, I'm going to let you shut it down. I didn't get to. We knew this was going to happen. I'm going to shut it down here in a minute. But I just want to leave you with this word that we all have been anointed. We all have gifts. We come to what we call the house of this, this room. We go anywhere. Come prepared, anointed to hear, but not only that, come anointed to serve. Where you have a song, where you have a hymn, where you have a verse, where you have a word, whatever you have, 
when you have a revelation, do it that the body might be edified. I got a whole lot more of this to go. I didn't even get out of chapter 12. I went to 13 and 14 plus. But uh, I hope that you see the word today. I hope that you were encouraged, that you were edified, that you were built up. And I ain't finished. I'm going to hear some more of this at another time. We're still, we're still working on this. But I want us to understand that this is not about. When we understand who we are, we understand that we are in the last. We understand that we have everything that we need for life and ministry. Jesus is our example of all things pertaining to life and godliness. And so as we as we walk as he walked, and we have the mind that he had, Christ did not have a mind that walked around in condemnation. Jesus didn't walk around with a mind of lack. Jesus didn't walk around with a mind that he's sick and he's weak and he just can't go on. No, Jesus walked in a mind knowing that I am God, the love son, and whom he is well pleased. And that's where he wants you to think and how he wants you to think. Amen. Father, uh, we thank you once again, Lord God, for this opportunity to stand for your people, Lord. We cannot rob you, Lord God. Oh God, that you have anointed us, Lord God, to walk in your power, to walk in your authority, to walk in your dominion. As we go out preaching, teaching, demonstrating, and living the kingdom. That we draw others to you, Lord God. That we will draw others, Lord God. That we will let mankind know that you have a mission, that you have a purpose, that you have a destiny for everyone created in likeness and image, Lord God. Well, that they will be restored, Lord God. We thank you for your restoration project. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord God. I thank you for everyone under the sound of our voice, whether it be here in this room or there, on Facebook Live, Lord God that your anointing, Lord God, would just fall upon them, even right now. The anointing, Lord God, that you will reveal to them their gifts, that you will reveal to them their callings, Lord God, and then give them a dose of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, to walk in the boldness, to walk it out, to be, Lord God, who you created us to be, Lord God, that the body will be built up, glory to God, that we will be edified, that we will go from faith to faith, Oh, God, the level of level in you, oh, God. We thank you, oh, God, release healing right now to those who need to be healed. In the name of Jesus, oh, God, we come against the enemy right now that will come against your people. We command you to cease and desist right now. In the name of Jesus, oh, God, we thank you. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your authority. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your moral character and integrity, Lord God, that you have parted with us. We give you the glory and the honor, Lord God, and tell others about you. We'll continue to grow in your grace. We'll continue to grow in your wisdom. We'll continue to grow in the knowledge, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Let me set that. Hallelujah. Come on, worship your king. Let the anointing be with you every day this week. Live from the anointed life. Practice his presence daily. You're in the supermarket anointed. You're at work anointed. You're driving down the street anointed. You're with family, friends, and enemies anointed. Yeah. Yeah. Today the Lord would have you live from the anointed place. He wants you to live from the finished place. He's got you on a journey, but it's already finished. He wants you to understand what it means to live from the end, having already been settled. You're already completed. You're already completed. The, the work that he has for you, he's already ordained. Yes. This path that he wants you to walk in. You, you haven't been this way before, but the path that you, he wants you to walk in, he's already prepared for you. He wants you to trust him in the struggle as much as you trust him in the celebration. He wants you to no longer be moved by what you see. He wants you to no longer be moved by what you feel. Your feelings will betray you. You cannot live according to your emotions. Your your emotions are the lowest barometer of what God is saying and doing. No, instead, you got to live by the word of God. You got to live by the anointed. Yeah, he just told me correct that. Yes, sir. You got to live by the anointed word of God. But you also have to know you bring the anointing to the word. Did you catch that? No longer read for reading's sake. No, No longer read to say I read. But read that that Hebrews 4.12 kicks in, that the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder, soul and spirit, cutting to the joints and the marrows of the bone, and the discerner of the intents of our ignorance. And refuse to be, refuse to remain where you've been. In your thinking and your attitude. Yes, sir. And instead, go to where God has ordained. 
that I will be all that he's called of me, that I am who he's already made me to be, that the righteousness he's ordained for me, I live out as a matter of daily reality. I'm not trying. I have found. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. You got, you, you got to live from the place where you found the truth so that you're no longer searching for what was already ordained for you. And so it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What we didn't realize is he gives the kingdom in part by mysteries. So I got a revelation listening to Pastor Anthony today. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 are the life of the church. Now, what the Lord said to me when, when Pastor Anthony said that, what the Lord said to me was this. And Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are the foundation. Hallelujah. 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 I sat back there. I was like tripping. Oh, Lord, I see this. So Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 are the foundation of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Men who try to live chapter 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians without the foundation of Matthew yeah. chapter 5, 6, and 7 yeah. are trying to possess what they've not received, the authority yeah. to possess. Yeah. So they're trying to imitate where they think they're going right. without the foundation that causes their arrival. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Matthew chapter 5. Chapter 6 and chapter 7 are the foundation of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Now watch this. When you preach 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 without Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 as the foundation, you're preaching an aspiration that people can't live. Doesn't mean you're not gifted. It means you don't know why. All gifting is for the expression of the king to his people. And so the gifts of the spirit are the expression of the king to his people. The administration of the gifts are the administration of God's character to his people. Yes. So, so when one is with the word of wisdom, another with the word of knowledge, another with tongues and interpretation of tongues, another with the gifts of health and the workings of miracles, and another with the gifts of giving, all of these are expressions of the Father's character to the people he's chosen for himself. Yes, so when you're living with the, I just heard this, when you're living with the freedom of the Spirit's expression through you, you're living in the freedom of the kingdom that has come to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I got that sitting back there. <laughs> Praise God. 
Sometimes the solution is keep your mouth shut. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes the best thing is to know, and this too shall pass. Hallelujah. You don't have to fight every battle, glory to God. I was in the bookstore on Saturday, and I'm looking at all these books and these spiritual warfare books, and, and I just chuckled to myself. Man, I used to buy those books. How to engage in spiritual warfare. How to defeat the enemy. The battle for the mind and all those different books. Guess what? Yeah, y'all, y'all know who the author is. Guess what? Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Did y'all catch that? See, we're trying to figure out how to win the battle. The battle's already won. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And let me ask you this. Where's Satan at right now? She ain't like y'all don't know. He under my feet. Jesus is the head of the church. Who am I? The body of Christ. So where's Jesus' feet at? Look at your feet. That's why the Bible says beautiful are the feet of them. Did y'all catch that? Hallelujah. He says you shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Whose feet are is your feet? Jesus' feet. See, we gotta believe this stuff. It's only when you finally believe it you'll experience the power of it. I'm gonna say that again. It's only when you finally believe it that you'll experience the power of it. Hallelujah. So the devil's under my feet. I don't care what he's trying to do. He under my feet. If you can tell, I got a swollen eye, but she didn't punch me, praise God. I ducked. <laughs> but, but not to say she wouldn't be surprised. If, <laughs> but, yeah. And, and so, but don't don't panic. This is not contagious. I went and checked it out, praise God. But but here's my point. Yeah, it's not pink eye. But, but here's my point. First, no, she didn't hit me. I'm fast. But <laughs> but but secondly, secondly, when it comes to infirmity, affliction, sickness, and disease in any form, any manner, the devil is still under our feet. Right. Hallelujah. So right now, declare your healing. Whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, whatever the doctor's report, praise God, the enemy is under your feet. Declare your healing and your wholeness now. Come on, say with me, I am healed in Jesus' name. The enemy is under my feet. I have victory in my physical body. The enemy has no charge over me. I'm healed. And I'm whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'll tell you another place where he wants to heal you. And nobody told us. 
And this isn't because I'm about to receive the offering. This is just a fact. He wants to heal you in your finances. Oh, Hallelujah. He wants to make you whole in your finances. He wants to make you debt-free in your finances. He wants to pay your house off in your finances. You don't have to wait and pay for 30 years. You need to be able to see that God is able to do it in the blink of an eye. Cancel out your debt. As a part of healing you financially, he's able to do it, praise God. But I got to believe that he wants me to be in a place where I owe no man anything but to love him. Hallelujah. So come on, say this with me. Lord, I receive healing in my finances, wholeness. Soundness, the abundance of provision flowing over to me because I no longer seek money. I don't seek material possessions. I only seek to obey my king and to advance his kingdom throughout the nations. He told me, do not worry. About what I'm going to eat What I'm going to wear For all these things Do the Gentiles seek But he told me To make my father's kingdom And righteousness My only priority And all these things Would be added to me Aside so I received healing in my finances. What I have need of come to me from the north, the east, the west, and the south. Because the good news to me is that God has delivered me from the bondage of the enemy. Even in the area of my finances. So I believe I receive. And I give of what I receive. And the Father continues to replenish me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Expect inspired ideas and winning inventions and the motivation to no longer procrastinate right. on them. Yeah. 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 And watch God do it. Praise yeah. God. It's a part of your inheritance. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's a good place to receive the offering. Those of you watching by Facebook, you can give via Cash App. The address is Cash. Is dollar sign Kingdom 633 in the word first, or you can use PayPal, Dr. Lynn Robinson at gmail.com or Pastor Lynn Robinson at gmail.com. You can also give your gifts. Uh, you can send it regular mail. Matter of fact, why don't you, you not only just send an offering, but send a testimony of how you're learning and how you're growing and how you're beginning to embrace the revelation of the kingdom and how your understanding is the foundation of transformation in your entire life. Why don't you drop us a line? You, you can send your, your letter to Dr. Leonard Robinson, Kingdom Vision Ministries International, 